0: Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the July issue of the Beef Watch Newsletter titled Supplementing Yearlings in the Summer Grazing Season. Is it worth it? To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author of the article, Kaylee Wheeler, who's a master's student in the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the Animal Science Department. Thanks for joining me today, Kaylee.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron.
0: Kaylee, before we dive into today's topic, tell us a little more about yourself, your background, and, and your current experience there as a master's student in the Department of Animal Science.
1: Uh, yeah, of course. So uh, I actually grew up in the sand Hills on my family's cow-calf operation, uh, attended Lincoln to get my undergraduate in animal science and range management, uh, and now I'm currently working on my masters uh, in ruminant nutrition with Mary Dronowski. A lot of the stuff that I focus on is with grazing, corn residue grazing, and pasture grazing. So it's kind of my focus area, and I am super excited to be here to talk about this study.
0: Well, set up for us the study that went into this topic. Again, what's the research that's been done? Why was it done? And what are some of the things that have been found?
1: Uh, Yeah, so uh, essentially what we, what this study was about was supplementing yearlings on summer pasture uh, and really kind of diving in to figure out if it's worth it or not. Because I would say that most producers don't supplement on summer pasture, but it's definitely a tool that we can use to help benefit performance. Uh, And the reason that it was done is that we know that forage quality as well as yearling performance, will decline throughout the summer. Um, We know that forage quality declines as maturity happens. uh, And then when our quality declines, that means typically our cattle performance is going to decline as well. So we also know that the cattle industry and its associated markets are inherently variable uh, and change every day. So anything that we can do as producers to produce more efficiently and uh, anything we can do to help combat the uh, horrors of the market uh, is definitely gonna help us. So that was kind of the goal with this. Um, We were really looking at uh, how not supplementing yearlings compared to supplementing yearlings the entire summer uh, compared to really strategically supplementing those yearlings as the forage quality declined um, and how the performance would change with those three groups.
0: So this study was conducted out in western Nebraska at the High Plains Ag Lab, and I think the grazing resource here is good to quantify as well. Tell us about what the grazing resource is here, and and what's the type of grasses that are there?
1: Yeah, so Sydney, Nebraska is actually out in the panhandle a little bit. Uh, So here in these pastures that we were working with, it was primarily crested wheatgrass, probably 90% crested wheatgrass, uh, which is a, a really common cool season grass.
0: Yeah. So this would have been introduced grass in crested wheat would have been planted into some existing farm ground. And I think the buffalo and blue grama are also interspersed into it. Kind of tell us again, when did grazing usually start? What was the weight of cattle as they went on to the study?
1: Uh, yeah. So um, for all intents and purposes, anytime that I refer to the grazing season, uh, we're really talking about that uh, May to September time especially here in Nebraska, that's pretty much when we do our summer grazing. So in this study, they grazed for an average of 112 days from late May to early September. Uh, And they all went on to pasture at about 700 pounds and came off at about 900 pounds, give or take whether they were supplemented or not.
0: So talk about just uh, the strategies in terms of supplementation. You already mentioned this earlier, but walk through with us the three different options or three different scenarios that were studied.
1: So as I said before, we had three different options. Uh, our control group got no supplementation. So those calves just grazed that 112 days just on the crested wheatgrass and didn't get any, any other additional inputs. Uh, and then we had a full supplementation group and those calves got three and a half pounds of dried distillers grains per head, six days a week through the entire grazing season. Uh, And then that third strategy uh, was strategically supplemented. So we started about halfway through the grazing season, early July through the end of the grazing season, and those got the same. So three and a half pounds per head, six days a week.
0: Talk a little bit about the results. What have you seen in the studies and, and how might that shape a little bit how people think about utilizing supplementation?
1: Yeah. So supplementation, uh, especially a high protein supplementation like distiller's grains uh, is a really easy way to impact the performance of yearlings on grass, uh, because we know that when we give them supplementation, it's going to increase their performance. So with our control group, we saw them gain about a pound and a half per day. Uh, And then with both of our supplemented groups, we saw an increase of about half a pound per day. So those, those two groups gained about two pounds per day Uh, and ended about 50 pounds heavier than our control group that got no supplementation.
0: Let's go into that a little more detail. Just thinking about the group that was supplemented the whole summer in comparison to the group that was supplemented only the last half. You're saying that performance was basically equal for those two groups across the whole summer?
1: Yeah, statistically, we saw the exact same performance. Uh, In both average daily gain and final body weight, So essentially, we got a much greater response to the supplementation when it was fed in the later half of the grazing season, Uh, because those strategic calves really were only fed about half as much supplement as the full group, Uh, but it was only in the second half of the grazing season when we really saw that forage quality decline.
0: You've also put a few economics to this and kind of looked at what can we afford to pay for distiller's grains? What's the value of cattle when they're sold, price slides, things like that walk through with us some of the things you did from an economic analysis standpoint to put some numbers to whether or not this works.
1: Yes, definitely. So uh, essentially what we've done here is we've proven that strategic supplementation has performed the same as the full supplementation group. But the real question is, how did the economics play out, right? So Uh, we actually gathered historic live cattle and distillers prices from the previous decade in Nebraska, so 2012 through 2021. Uh, And we actually applied the data we saw in our experiment to all of the numbers we saw in those years to kind of test our strategy against what those markets were and see whether it would have actually panned out. Uh, And what we found is that in all the years, the returns of the strategic group were numerically greater Than the non-supplemented group. Uh, And on average providing strategic supplementation actually increased returns by about 32 bucks a head over the non-supplemented group. So the main things we looked at was the cost of distillers grains and the live cattle prices.
0: As you think about the two groups that were supplemented, what advantage did the group have economically for those that were just supplemented the last half of the summer?
1: We actually saw an average return of about twice as much. And when you consider that you're spending about twice as much to supplement the full group versus uh, only supplementing the second half. So if we think that the um, strategic group returned $32 a head more than the control group, our full group actually returned $16 a head more than the control group. So, So supplementing, whether you're going to supplement the whole time or only half the time, still returns more on average than not supplementing because you're increasing the weight of those calves. But by strategically supplementing, you can really drastically impact the cost that you have to put into those calves, um, which ultimately impacts your return to management. It has a positive impact because you're not spending as
0: much. Kaylee, anything else on this topic you think would be valuable for producers to think about and evaluate if they're considering supplementation for yearlings on summer pasture?
1: Oh yeah, I just think that it's, it's a really neat tool to use supplementation to increase performance, especially when we have years like this where we may not have uh, the grass quality and whatnot, um, can definitely be something that producers should consider. But the real tricky part about it is whether the economics play out or not. And that can be really scary for a producer who uh, doesn't know much about economics to even try to put numbers on the paper. Uh, But I really encourage people to look at it because um, the economics that I've run show that it really, really pays out and you're increasing the performance of those calves. So uh, this year, our dry distillers grains prices for May and June were pretty expensive. And I I feel that that would have turned some producers off from wanting to supplement. Uh, I think it averaged about 266 bucks a ton. I just looked the other day and I think we're down closer to about 225 bucks a ton. Um, so c- make sure you consider what the cost of that supplement is and then also be keeping an eye on your live cattle prices because those obviously change every day.
0: Yeah. And something we didn't talk about very much is just understanding price slide. You know, if I have a 850 pound feeder, there's going to be a price per pound. And if I have a 900 pound peat feeder, there's a price per pound i'm not getting paid the same price per pound as the dollar value for that 900 versus the 850 so what i'm saying is let's say 850s are bringing a dollar 80 and 900 are bringing a dollar 70 i didn't get paid a dollar 70 to put on additional 50 pounds and i think that's important to understand it's the it's the value of gain understanding that as you think about these different scenarios and and in your article you also mentioned you know there seems to be historically a breaking point if you get over that upper nine weight steer, uh, start to break a thousand, then uh, at times we've seen a real rollback in prices. So understanding market timing, understanding what the market wants is pretty important with this as well.
1: Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying there, when we see really high rates of gain or really high distiller's grains costs, you know, if, if our cattle are going to be close to breaking that thousand pounds, uh, it might be less economical to supplement because, as you said, there there does seem to be a historic price si- price slide for when you get over a 1,000 pounds.
0: Well, thanks again for joining me today, Kaylee.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Erin.
0: Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, this article comes from the July issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. The title of the article, Supplementing Yearlings in the Summer Grazing Season. Is it worth it?